Thanks to Kate Harder for reading the gospel lesson. You just heard it. The climax comes at the end when Jesus is talking to Martha. And he says to her, her having complained and shared her heart with him, he says back to her, Martha, Martha, like you're, you're worried about all sorts of stuff. But your sister Mary, she's chosen the better thing and it will not be taken away from her. I imagine this might be how Martha could have responded to that. Fine, Jesus. Just Fine! I have been working in that hot kitchen all day long to try and make a meal for all these people. You know what? You just go and make your own dinner. Okay, so that's maybe how that might have turned out. Let's go back into the story and explore it just a little bit more. Um, so let's, let's actually go back to kind of the theme the whole sermon is. If it's got to be a certain way, it's probably not a God thing. Now, that's not a universal statement. Uh, so, for example, if you're in charge of maintaining uh, the blades on a turbine fan jet engine, I'm pretty sure there's a very specific way of doing that so they do not fly apart when they're rotating at several thousand RPM. And I think we're all in favor of jet engines staying together. So the science of aeronautical material, uh, 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 metallurgy is, is, is a God thing, I'm pretty sure. It's got to be a certain way. Uh, Pastor Sherry's husband is an electrician. I'm pretty sure there are codes that he has to follow so that somebody doesn't get shocked or so that a fire doesn't start. When it comes to electricity, I'm pretty sure we all want it to be done a certain way. Uh, electricity is, is a God thing when handled well. It's got to be done a certain way. And, and yeah, those are like really serious things. Uh, how about Wisconsin? We live in Wisconsin. Cheese. You know, you need, the right, you need the right milk, you need the right enzymes and acids, and you need the right amount of time uh, for it to be blue cheese as opposed to cheddar as opposed to Colby. Uh, we all want our cheese to turn out correctly. Uh, is that not true? It's got to be done a certain way. It's a God thing when it is. So, you, you know, there are a lot of places in life where process and outcome are really closely linked together and it's got to be a certain way. Uh, but wow, in our relationships, um, as parents, as kids, as co-workers, uh, as a, a bazillion other things, we get in a lot of situations where either we or others say it's got to be done a certain way. And in those situations, which are much more subjective, I think frequently when it's got to be done a certain way, that's more of a me thing. That's more of a control thing. That's more of an insecurity thing, maybe. It's probably not a God thing. And that, that really does a lot of damage in our relationships when we turn uh, me or, or you things and, and act as if they're kind of an ordained God thing. And, and so we struggle with all of that a lot. Um, I don't know, just think of, of time. Um, some people say, kind of live by the credo that if you're not 15 minutes early, you're late. I mean, time is, is really sacrosanct. Uh, maybe the other half of the world lives on, on what you'd call manana time, where it's just a very different perception uh, of time and when you need to be together. Is one right or wrong? I think half the human population would, would go each way on that. Uh, maybe it doesn't have to be a certain way. Mowing the lawn doing the dishes, um, 
how you administer a health plan at work, uh, and how much information an employer has about an employee. I mean, there are a thousand different things every day that we encounter uh, where there's some part of us or others that says it's got to be a certain way. And there's another part of us or others that resists that or wisely recognizes that, that perhaps it could be a different way or perhaps it could be a way that none of us have thought of yet and that's probably something we should talk about, right? Um, so, so now think specifically of today's gospel lesson. It's just five verses. Uh, it is such a packed five verses, though. And, and it begins with Jesus, who's just told the parable of, of the Good Samaritan. <sighs> now he needs a break, because that was an intense uh, encounter. And he goes to visit some friends, Mary and Martha. And we also know from John's gospel that they had a brother named Lazarus. And, and they, Martha welcomes him into her home. Hospitality was the most essential thing in the Middle East then, and, and really in many respects now. And when you think about this, um, nobody's going to have a home big enough to host Jesus and like his disciples and all these people, but how it would have been handled is kind of how it works when we visit our partners in Rutilio Grande, where two of us will stay in one home and two will stay in another home, but everybody eats together in one place. And so I think for Martha, the, what she would have been doing is both uh, making sure everybody had a place to sleep, but she also dives into the details of making the meal. And, and it's intense. And her younger sister Mary, she's sitting there listening to Jesus. And this is so hard for Martha to handle because, because this is her role. This is what women in that world did. And, and Mary isn't doing it. She's doing what the men always get to do, which is just sit there while the women do all the work, and then the men get to talk about God and theology. What gives with that? And so the first thing that happens is triangulation. Rather than just talk directly to her sister, Martha pulls Jesus aside and says, Jesus, like I'm sitting here slaving in the kitchen and Mary's doing nothing. Could you tell her to come in here and work? Now, that's an interesting cut point because um, I think you could make the case that there are a couple stories in the Gospels where Jesus is really clueless to women uh, because here he kind of puts Martha down when you think of the, the story of the Syrophoenician woman um, who, who just reaches out desperately for help to Jesus uh, as a non-Jewish woman, and the first thing he says to her is, is you know, I, I don't think you know, we have to give the crumbs to the dogs. And it really feels like a put-down. And, and so it, 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 you wonder what's, what's going on with all of that. Maybe Jesus does miss something with Martha. But I suppose a counterpoint to that is <laughs> Jesus does plenty of that with men as well. To his own most uh, loyal disciple, Peter, he says, get behind me, Satan, when, when Peter can't understand what it is to be the Messiah. In, in Luke's gospel in chapter 7, uh, Jesus is welcomed into the home of Simon the Pharisee. And, and yet then a, a prostitute of the city starts to anoint his, his feet with her tears and dry them with her hair. And it's this sensuous, scandalous scene. And all the Pharisees are, are gossiping. And, and Jesus calls Simon out and says, hey, when I showed up, you didn't give me a bowl of water. You didn't give me a towel. You didn't give me nothing. This woman has given everything. And, and so there's something about Jesus in these stories that's just like really honest with us, whatever it is we happen to be dealing with. And I guess I'd like to think that that's what's going on in, in the story of Mary and Martha. And so, so Martha tries to triangulate Jesus. 
And, and he kind of pushes it away. And, and maybe he's pushing a couple of things away here. Uh, but what he says is, Martha, Martha, you know, you're worried and bothered about many things, but, but your sister Mary has chosen the better part, and that will not be taken away from her. So maybe that turned out differently. Hey, let's find out. Fine, Jesus, fine. You know what? I'm going to just recline at the table myself and enjoy the dinner that I have prepared. Why don't you and all the rest of the disciples and everybody here make some peanut butter and jelly tonight? Okay, so, so far it looks like that's not turning out so well. Uh, Mary's taking this, Martha's taking this a little personally, and, and, and we can all understand how it might have played out that way. <sighs> so, so maybe what's, what's Jesus doing in this situation to transform it rather than to make it worse? Uh, for one thing, maybe what he's trying to say to Martha is, is you don't always have to be the host. Um, you don't have to be the one working in the kitchen as a woman while the men get to do, in a sense, the easy, interesting stuff. Uh, Mary's made that choice. You know, you actually have permission to make that choice, too. And, and now think about our lives. Um, think about all the times when somebody says it's got to be a certain way. And when somebody does that to you, uh, that never feels good. And I think there's something in us that resists it or... or pushes back against it. And so you could understand why, why Martha would just say, Jesus, go make your own meal. Uh, you know, I tried, and, and you seem not to have cared. Um, but you know what? This sermon isn't about those people and what they lay on us. Because uh, Jesus, as you might recall, doesn't spend a lot of time worrying about the speck in somebody else's eye. He's pretty concerned about the log in our own eyes. So I, I think what he's trying to do in this story is just talk to us. That there are those situations in life where we're the ones who are saying it's got to be a certain way. And, and sometimes we do that because we don't have time. Sometimes we do it because we're full of ourselves or because it's worked for us in the past. Uh, or we have power in a certain situation and we're going to kind of use that over somebody else. And that's never a good look for any of us. It's, it's interesting that the Apostle Paul, I think, <laughs> who nails it perfectly when, remember that chapter about love that gets read at like almost every wedding, 1 Corinthians chapter 13? So right in the middle of that chapter, verses 4 through 7, there are these four amazing verses where he spells out what love is and isn't. And in the very middle of that, kind of the pivot point of that is love does not insist on its own way. And that's really hard to hear, right? Because we tend to insist on our own way. And, and the thing is, nothing in Scripture ever encourages us just to be pushovers uh, or to not stand up for ourselves. Um, but, but I think, again, Paul's point and Jesus' point is, is not how we should react when we're being put down or when, when others use their power over us. That's, that's a different thing. But, but when we're the ones who kind of get to define the scene and, and when we're the ones who kind of have, have the capability to, to run the show, do we just run it the way we want it? Or do we perhaps find a different and, and better way of approaching it? Um, I think one of the things in our culture that we get hung up on is, is kind of this mythology that we lift ourselves up by our own bootstraps. Uh, 
That's a total mythology, at least from a faith perspective. If you're advantaged in any way, it's because God blessed you with the advantage. And if you have the advantage, it's not for you to use to have even more advantage over others. It's for you to use uh, to, to, to give a hand to someone, to lift them into a more advantage standpoint. I, I mention that only because that's, that's today's first lesson, which Kate also led for us. Uh, I mean, Amos couldn't be more direct in saying, while if, if you are in the position of, of, of having any sort of affluence in, in life, uh, to then use that uh, against those who have nothing, that is such a dead end. Um, you, you, you literally enter into a spiritual famine when you do that. And, and, and Jesus talks about that all the time as well in the Gospels. So, so our advantages in life are a gift. And, and, and we should give great thanks for them, and then uh, we should look for every opportunity to make them someone else's advantage, not just ours. That's all hard stuff, right? It's got to be a certain way. There's something in all of us that, that wants that. But that's, that's really not a God thing, at least not in our relationships. Uh, love doesn't insist on its own way. And, and, and so I'll keep working at it. Um, you keep working at it. Uh, together, maybe we get a little closer to the kingdom of God. And, and maybe as a result, as you imagine your own life, or if you imagine the story of Mary and Martha, maybe you begin to think of times where, where you do take a different path other than it's got to be my way. So let, let's end there. Let's, let's see how this might play out one last time with Mary and Jesus. Martha, Martha. Man, you are, you are tense and stressed out about so many things, but Mary, your sister, she's chosen the better thing, and it won't be taken away from her. Ah, oh, Jesus. The expectation of our ancestors upon me and the expectations I put on myself in how I serve sometimes prevents me from seeing what you hope me to see. That it's okay to listen to you just like Mary did. You know, Jesus, I would really like to take a little break from the kitchen and come and listen more, if, if that's all right. Uh, you're not going to throw a towel at me? Okay. Well, I... I think you should do that. Why don't you come listen? Uh, there's still a lot of work to be done, though, especially after dinner. I don't know if you'd be able to help with the dishes afterward. Hey, what else do me and 12 disciples have to do? I thought you'd never ask. <laughs>